Welcome to Simone J. I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And tonight we're talking to you about Nexium. N X I V M. It's a cult. AKA the Hollywood sex cult. Oh. So if you Google search Hollywood sex cult, uh, this uh, Nexium comes up, which, first of all, the fucking name. Like every band now, it's like you just take out the vowels yeah. and that's how you name your band. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's how you name your cult. Nexium. Nexium. Oh, do you want to give us the history of this? Okay. Well, um, let's see. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had all the correct info. I I'm do. glad you're here for accuracy because at a certain point, I went on a bender researching this shit a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and then I revisited it for the show, and I got to the point of eye-rolling where I was like, this fucking guy, oh. and then I couldn't even keep my facts straight because I just was like, <sighs> fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. Tale as old as time. Fucking douchebag. That's right. Yada, yada, yada. Women end up branding themselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you don't know what Nexium is, you've never heard of it. Uh, it's spelled N-X-I-V-M. It's founded in 1998, and it is a multi-level marketing organization offering personal and professional development seminars. Um, it's based in Albany, New York, and the um, founder is what's his name? His name is Keith Rainier. Rainier. And uh, he kind of looks like a young Stephen King. He's got those Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Um. Not a lot of recent photographs of him available, but the ones that you'll find, he's wearing those Dahmers. He's got shaggy hair. He's got Jeffrey Dahmer eyes. That was amazing. <laughs> um, Just a quick aside, because I'm the queen of ADD. Yes. I was in a horror movie called Frazzled in which in a future they realized you couldn't commit murder unless you had those glasses. So they outlawed Dahmers, but people who wanted to kill would buy them on the black market. And uh, there's a scene available on YouTube if you Google search Sydney DeLorean Frazzled, in which I play a uh, nurse getting off the night shift. And a man leads me into an abandoned building saying there's a child stuck inside. (laughs) And while I'm looking for the child, I turn around and he's put on the Dahmer glasses. And this is my line. Dahmers! (laughs) Dahmers! <laughs> I kind of want to just stop everything we're doing right now so I can go watch that. Um, but maybe I will wait. I will edit it down and we can put it on our social meds. Uh, okay. Or we can tweet it out and maybe I'll do a remix of it for the Insta. Because it's like, it makes me laugh. Okay, I would like to say that I actually am goodish at acting now. I have taken acting classes. Uh-huh. Uh, that was not the situation. Oh, when this was made. Okay. (laughs) It was not good. I mean, I was going to say it it sounds like a very interesting concept and a good concept for a horror movie, but um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that it's not good. No, it's not good. This guy used to make improv horror movies and then burn DVD copies of them. And uh, he said he distributed them at head shops. But what he meant was the rack when you walk into a head shop or a punk store where you see all the flyers. Yes. He would uh, put DVDs of his shitty movies up for free. 
Uh, I have a full length copy. Maybe we Ooh. can uh, sometime. I've never watched it because I just know my scene is the best. But maybe <laughs> we could do um, a screening of Frazzled sometime. Okay. And we can watch the whole movie. That sounds great. All right. So anyways, Keith Rainier, he started out as this economic guy. And I am mildly fascinated by these economic cults because there's different ones where people join these multi-level marketing things like Amway and they're told that, you know, they basically go to these seminars that look like mega church. Like yeah. I grew up Southern Baptist going to like mega church things and it looks like that. But rather than talking about Jesus, they're talking about getting rich and a lot of people call them uh, economic cults. Okay. So it's kind of a good primer for someone who maybe later in the story we're going to discover uh, starts a cult. Yes. So um, he's the founder. There is a president named Nancy Salzman who um, this is I just found this weird when they are in seminars together. Um, the students refer to them as a vanguard and prefect. I don't like that. Right there. I'm like. Okay, first red flag, if you have some asshole asking you to call him by a strange a title, name, a title that is not probably worthy, um, don't no, that's probably a, a cult. Yeah, you know what we ask you to call us? Sydney and Shoe. Because that's our names. Those are our names because we're people just like you. We see ourselves as equal to other human beings. Um, but the minute someone's wants you to call them a uh, master or, or just like, this is my alien name. Like yeah. I, I listen to cults, so I know a lot about cults. And one of the things that they all have in common is like the leaders change their name to some weird fucking name that's meaningful to them. Uh huh. And they want everyone to call them by that, even though it's not their real name. Or it's just a made-up title. Yes. Bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, fuck you, Vanguard. Vanguard and Prefect. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, yeah. Jem so- is so outraged. Guys, we have a podcast mascot who is not Frank. Frank is polite and knows how to podcast. Yeah. Jem- well, Frank is retired. And Jem's and like, oh, I'm sorry. That fucking irritates me. Let me get my opinion in there. Jem is like going to a horror movie with a sassy black lady in the audience who's like, oh, shit, he behind you. Close the door. Close the door. Yeah, that's Jem, which is also great, though. I'm not mad at it, but just know if you hear her barking, she's giving her two cents. Yeah, she's she's upset. As we all are. I apologize. I'll talk to her about it, but I don't know if it's going to get any better. I don't know. We don't know. She doesn't like to be told what to do. Exactly. So I read that between 1998 and um, and 10, 2010, an estimated 12,000 people attended classes. That's a lot. Yeah. So they're they're bumping. They're bumping. People are coming in. But it's because people want to believe that they can get rich. Their status in life can change. It's part of the American dream. It's that sort of uh, pull yourself up by the bootstraps ideology that it's possible 
to get rich and that you deserve it. And uh, if you work hard enough, if you believe it, it can be true, which isn't always the case. Yeah, that and I feel like um, a lot of us as Americans have a lot of issues with just accepting who we are Mm -hmm. as we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're kind of obsessed with self-help. Yes. You know, whether it's uh, economically or just in your personal self, just always getting to that next level and bettering yourself. And like there is a place where I draw the line where the sort of quote unquote human optimization movement and the Tim Ferriss four hour work week bullshit where it's like people are like, oh, I heard this thing about if you only carry if you only have one type of sock, then number one, it's really easy to do your laundry, all your socks match and you don't have to decide in the morning which socks to wear. And I've met people who have more money than I do who have told me, yeah, I got rid of all of my underwear and all of my socks and I bought all new underwear and socks and it's all the same pair of underwear, all the same socks, like trying to be a Steve Jobs type because they heard on a podcast like don't waste because they say basically you can only make so many decisions per day. So you minimize your decisions. You don't have to choose your outfit. If you wear the same outfit every day, then you can save your mental energies for designing an iPhone which, okay, good point. But are you really designing an iPhone? Or are you just pushing papers at your stupid, shitty job? Maybe try to look cute. It's Because it yeah. doesn't... I think that's bullshit. There's, there's definitely where you're like, oh, okay, there's some evidence behind this. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to better yourself. But the idea of making yourself this streamlined machine yeah. rather than accepting where you're at yeah I think it's bullshit I think it's a gimmick and I think that's what most self-help things are are like majority gimmick and yeah everyone is selling like this is the easiest fastest way to become the best you um the easiest fastest way to do that is to accept yourself as you are yes and just get over the fact that You're never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be happy all the time. Yeah. And things aren't always going to go right. And your life is never going to be easy because no one's life is easy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fuck fuck that. That makes, I don't know why it makes me really mad that people only want to wear the same socks. I'm like, who gives a fuck if your socks don't match? Put your pants on and no one will see your socks. And no one will see your socks. And, like, just grab some socks. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, that, Don't worry that about really, it. Uh, hit a nerve. Uh, I love that it did. <laughs> um, and also just accept, like, I've accepted that, like, I will probably always be a binge eater. Like, I just am. So rather than just really break my balls over it, I just don't keep food in the house. Yeah, I go to the market every day. I get fresh groceries in the morning. That's what I'm going to eat that day. It's not ideal, but you know what? I have a great relationship with the cashiers at Sprouts. We really enjoy each other. We appreciate each other. We share makeup tips and it just is what it is. Instead of being like, I want to be the best version and like a good human isn't a binge eater. And you know what? Sometimes I'll binge eat. Like that's okay too because it just fucking happens because I'm never going to be perfect. And rather than be like, oh, I need to like be perfect in all avenues of my life. That's it. I'm not shooting for that, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I kind of want to have better posture. I'll do some workouts for the back muscles and uh, I'll try to, you know, eat healthier. But like, I'm not upset if I don't. 
Yeah. I'm not like, oh, I slouched. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Or I took two seconds of my day to be like, do I want to wear my Hawaiian print socks or my plain black socks? Yeah. That's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I think I think the reason I, this is upsetting me is because I, I binge listened to um, Soulful Conversations with Oprah's podcast. Yeah. And so I'm feeling very in tune with my spiritual self. Yeah. And with like accepting it all and uh-huh. finding my truth and walking my path. Yeah. And this is not that. This is the opposite. Yeah. It's instead of just. Cults. So. I used to get really mad. My family are all stuff people. If you go to any member of my family's home, it is to the brim with stuff, which they say if you grow up poor, that's a thing. You tend to be more of like a hoarder because you didn't have a lot. Uh My mom growing up had two or three dresses, so she couldn't even make it through a school week without wearing repeats. Like that's how they grew up. And I used to always be like bothered when I'd go over to my aunt's house and just feel super claustrophobic. But it's shelves like floor to ceiling shelves full of knickknacks. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why do you have so much stuff? It's just like, you know, you started collecting one thing and now you have a thousand of it. Um, and like a week ago, I went over to my aunt's house and I took the time. I, I feel like I was ovulating, so I was in a very, like, nurturing feminine mode. Uh-huh. And we went around the house, and she told me the story of, like, all these things. Like, she's in her 70s, and she said, this was a bear that my dad got me when I was born, and the eyes fell out. So he took the eyes off these bunny slippers and put them on this bear so that my bear had eyes. Aww. And so it's this stuffed animal that's 70 years old, and it's creepy, and it's tattered but it felt like really good to hear the story and so we went around and she told me all she remembers every holiday who gave her what of all this stuff all this dusty stuff and what it meant to her and it was like really beautiful and I just was like I've been a fucking cunt all these years where I've been like why does my family care about stuff why do their houses are just brimming with knickknacks to dust and I've been so judgy on it It's just, why do you need all this stuff in your house that you just stuff to clean? And then I was like, oh, because it has cherished sentimental memories to them. And, like, they like that. They like their stuff. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, so, like, just let them fucking do that because Uh they've made a home. Because they aren't trying to streamline their life and have all their socks the same. Like, my aunt, all of her socks are novelty socks. You know why? Because people give her socks as gifts. And she's like, yeah, I love my moose socks. Yeah. Moose I love socks it. make her happy. Yeah. She, all her t-shirts have like a saying on them mm-hmm. because people bought them for her because they thought of her. Yeah. And like, why would I like, what the fuck am I thinking? Being so like, I don't know, Sydney. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I'm a recovering judgy person. You know, we all have, we all are. We all are. So anyways, yeah, I think that's the thing where it's like just this idea that you need your life to like you need your house to look clean like a uh, a display room in an Ikea catalog mm-hmm. and you need everything to be like without bumps or hiccups like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Fuck that. Life's messy. Yeah. And enjoy I, it. And, uh, you know, like skin has like bumps and lumps and when you put on a lot of makeup to try to cover it up it makes you look old god damn it tell me about it fill this pimple right here that's forming 
Yep, Sydney's feeling it. And I am. It's there. Yeah, I like that we're both it's, having forehead breakouts. Oh, it's a bump. I'm like, God, what am I? Seventeen? <sighs> I wish. Second puberty. No one wants to be seventeen again. Yeah, actually, I said that, and then I was like, No, no, please no. don't make me relive that. Those youth years. No, it's all about getting old. Oh, isn't it though? And then you find a nipple hair that's thicker than any of your pubes, and you're like, you know what? It was bound to happen. It was bound to happen. I remember um, me and my old one of my old roommates were at a bar one night, and um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories. <laughs> Do you know? What I'm yes, and I've quoted this story, but you need to tell it so I remember it proper. Okay, I hope this is the same story. It's gotta be. Know. It's gotta well, fucking be. This girl was there with her boyfriend, and they're like talking. I don't know how it came. I don't know how it came up like nipple hairs. Uh-huh. And she was just like, oh, my God, that's so gross. Like if I ever had a nipple hair, I would just be disgusted. And we just like looked at each other and we looked at her and we we're like, there's no fucking way you don't have nipple hairs. Like women have nipple hair. Yeah. And they get thicker and darker the older you get. Yeah. And guess what? You're lying to yourself. Yeah. You're lying to him. And you, I know you're plucking them like everyone else does. Like everyone else. I remember when I was a little girl, because my mom would walk around naked. My mom, no boundaries. <laughs> and uh, she once was like, just talking to me. I'm like 10. Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> I mean, I, now in hindsight, I appreciate it. Because you know what I've been thinking a lot about lately? Hmm. You don't know how to be a mother until you've been a mother for a long time. And you don't know how to be a daughter until you've been a daughter for a long time. Oh. That's so true. You know how they say to master something, you have to put in your 10,000 hours? Yeah. And I feel like that is um, pertinent to uh, family relationships. Yeah. Because it's taken my mom and I 33 years to uh, get along. Tell me about it. I'm just now figuring out how to be a daughter. Yeah. Me and my mom are at the best we've ever been. And that only happened like a year and a half ago. Like it's, yeah. You have to actually work at it. Um, But I remember my mom being naked and saying, I get these nipple hairs and I used to pluck them, but now I just shave them. And I thought to myself, I'm never getting nipple hairs. I'm not going to. Uh As if I had a choice in the matter. Yeah. And you get nipple hairs. You do. It's inevitable. Is that the same story? That you, yeah, that was the story I was thinking of. I just loved the reaction of, if this bitch thinks she doesn't have nipple hair, she's lying to herself. <laughs> because we all have things. I kind of wanted to rip her shirt off and be like, ha, ha, there they are. <laughs> um, yeah, your body does things without your consent as you get older. Yeah. I mean, I have like calluses and stuff on my feet that I have to pay an Asian person to put acid on and scrub off. And then my feet are soft for like six days. Mm-hmm. And that just is what it is. You think I don't look down at my feet when I'm wearing sandals and say, those are women's feet. Those are not girls' feet anymore. You're not a girl, DeLorean. You're a woman. Look at those toes. You've got the gnarled, callous toes of a woman who's walked a thousand miles. Oh, my God. Anyways. Did you know that these classes can sometimes take up to 17 hours a day? Yes, yeah, so people go to these seminars and they pay money to go to the seminars and they're told there's going to be food and 
they are not fed very much. Mm-mm. And uh, so you're in this room all day for 17 hours and you're fed a few crackers or whatever. So you're worn down. You're beaten down. You have low blood sugar. And you agree to do a lot of things when you're hungry. You oh, get yeah. very docile. I get angry. I get weepy. Oh, you do? Yeah, people talk about getting hangry and I just get very dark and despondent. I get really mad. Like I I I know when I'm coming up on that mm-hmm. and I'm just like, guys, someone needs to feed me now. Because one, I don't feed myself. I depend on other people to tell me what I'm going to eat. That's or I eat soup. Fine. Yeah. Or I eat soup. Oh, that's true. You're a soup. You eat soup if you're left to your own devices. <laughs> I mean, you would go to McDonald's, but they don't have your meal anymore. Oh, my God. I have to tell you something. What? I was so hungover, like, uh, yesterday, the day before. I don't know. Um, What was it? Monday and Tuesday. Uh-huh. I was so fucking hungover both days. That's my girl. Because I just... Golden Globes. Oh, really nice. got me fucked up. Yeah. Because um, so a few of my friends came over and we watched the Golden Globes and killed four bottles of champagne. God damn. Which no one should do, especially if it's cheap, because it gives you the worst hangovers. Mm-hmm. And then um, the following day was Deacon's work party. Oh. And it was free drinks. And you're, um, gotta, you got to get your money's worth. And we went to karaoke afterwards. Oh, fuck. Both nights we Ooh. went to karaoke. Ooh, I'm hungover so, thinking about it. Yeah, so I was not doing good. And the only thing that makes me feel better when I'm hungover. Is your meal. Is my McDonald's meal. Did so, you get it? I mean, you had to yeah, order it a la carte. Like the fucking saddest bitch around town. I, I did. I drove over there and I was like. Hi, can I please have two of the dollar value menu cheeseburgers? Um, I'll also have a dollar value menu small fry. And can I also have Dr. Pepper? And they're like, yeah. And guess what? It pretty much costs the same thing it costs as a meal. They just had to shame me into ordering you have to order multiple things. It made yeah. me so sad. But, yeah. you know, I went to the off- back to my office and I ate it and I felt better. That's good. That was a hero's journey you went on. It was. So. So you go to these classes. You pay money for someone to not fucking feed you. You know what I want if I'm paying money to be somewhere for a long time? I want a fruit platter. I want a veggie platter. I want dip. And I want that just a nosh on in between the meals. And then the meals, it better be something like a main thing and a side. I'm talking sandwich, yeah. side of chips. I'm talking, I don't know. I mean, that's just another red flag. If you pay for classes and they don't have, like, at least sandwiches. Yeah. Like, no, not okay. No, I, I have paid to go to traffic school and traffic school fed me quite adequately. Yeah. So I've taken Excel classes and they had brunch set up. Otherwise, you're just a tacky bitch. If you're going to take people's money, invite them onto your turf, and not feed them, yeah. fuck you. That's tacky. Fuck you. Yeah. We so, get so upset about the food aspect. <laughs> you know what's worse than being branded? Not getting food. You can invite me to come shoot the shit on your porch and not serve me sweet tea? Get the fuck out of my face. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... I am under the assumption, tell me if I'm correct, Okay. that NXIVM itself is not the cult. That's like 
the original class setup marketing bullshit. Uh-huh. And there is a side project that Rainier yeah. set up that is the cult. Well, I think NXIVM has morphed over the years from a purely economic cult into a self-help group. Okay. And they market it towards women mm-hmm. saying, come to these female-only seminars for spiritual growth and development. And I think that is still called Annex IVM. Okay. Because I read that he has a side project called DOS. Oh. Did you read this? No. Okay. And it stands for Dominant Over Submissive. Okay. So that is when it gets to the sex part. So the self-help cult, they still call it Nexium. And and that's just about self-help, specifically for women. Yeah, and so they get you into it being like, it's a women's spiritual retreat. And then it feels like a safe space, which is a real good way to find vulnerable women. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I want to go work on myself without the intimidation of men. Because women who want to go to female-only spaces are women who feel vulnerable around men already. And so you're like, oh, I'm just going to go be around women and work on myself and our spiritual development. And it's a safe place. And so your guards go down. And then from there, they roll the women into these, they're like pods where it's groups of women who have one male master. Mm -hmm. And that's the Dios situation. Okay. And it's... We've talked on the podcast about how abuse is progressive. Yes. And you can, if you've never been in an abusive relationship, be like, I would never let that happen to me. Right. But it builds up subtly so it becomes normal. Mm -hmm. Like you don't go on a first date and a guy gives you a black eye. No. It builds. like a year in. Yeah. And then, oh, I'm really sorry I was so drunk last night I don't even really remember it and I will never let it happen again and I feel like such a piece of shit what can I do to make you feel better and I'm sorry 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 sorry. and then you feel like you're in too deep to back Mm -hmm. out and oh but I've already donated twenty thousand dollars to this self-help group I can't just walk away away now because one weird thing happens. So you tend to overlook it. And I Mm -hmm. forget what they call that, that bargaining that happens where gamblers do it, where you feel like I've already lost $100, so I can't just quit now. I need to keep going to try to get dividends out of it. And people do it in abusive relationships where they feel like I've put too much into it. Um, or I've put too much into this career path. I can't just, I spent $45,000 on an education and it turns out I don't want to be an accountant, but I feel too invested to just quit. Yeah. And so that's kind of what happens with these cult situations where I gave up my house and my life savings. And in this case, I let them take nude photographs of me to use as blackmail and I can't just leave now because I don't have anyone to run to. I'm in too deep. And also, probably, these people are also protecting me. And this is the only support system I have. And if I leave, I'm all alone. Mm -hmm. So between those two things. 
people get isolated and then they turn to their abuser for comfort because they don't have anyone else to turn to. Yeah. And it's very sad. Yeah. Um, Jesus. <sighs> so, yeah, I read that once they're in the Dios part of it, um, they have, like you said, masters. The students, quote unquote students, are referred to as slaves. Oh, my God. Um, like you said, they're made to take nude photos uh, that are later used as collateral um, if women do try to leave. Mm -hmm. And um, the founder has his initials branded onto the women. Yes. And they have a doctor do it, uh, which is bizarre, but she uses a medical cautering tool. And apparently they'll get the women to do it a bunch at a time. And one woman who had left the cult described it as just for hours, all you could smell even outside the room was the smell of burning flesh. And so you'd be waiting for your turn to go in and Ugh. you just smelled because the doctor would take, I think it was a half hour to do each one. Cause she would go with this cauterizing tool and do it like down the line. Oh. It's not like a hot iron brand that you right. do with cattle. She would draw it with this thing and yeah, the smell of burning flesh. And then, the idea that you're going to leave the cult, right? Like, oh, my God, I'm going to leave the cult. I have no money. They're going to release these nude photographs. I don't have anywhere to live. I've isolated my family and friends. And how can I move forward? Um, because you, they're made to be such a shell of a person. Right. And they don't – they just feel empty inside. Uh, one member actually has committed suicide. Wow. And in her letter, she said, if this finds it to my friends and family, I need you to know that I died long ago. And um, she wrote something about just feeling empty inside and that she's been a walking corpse. And she couldn't come back. She could felt like she couldn't come back from this because she had been um, just totally robbed of her humanity and her identity and wow. felt like there was no life after the cult, which I read a memoir of a prostitute who s said a very similar thing. She ended up going on to get a master's degree in um, sociology, but she was describing growing up and being basically encouraged to prostitute from the age of 15. Mm -hmm. And so she was a prostitute until she was 30 and she just felt like she wasn't even part of like, he, the human society she felt right. so separate and less than that she, she could never have like joined them mm -hmm. um because she didn't have that sense of self she had been robbed yeah that. wow. so that's the, yeah that's the thing with these women and why they stay and it's so sad because what it is marketed as um i read is that the master slave relationship is designed to encourage members to transcend the psychological pitfalls that um the founder rainier believes to be common in women because of course as women we're so fucked up and we can't help ourselves we need a man to fix us i mean we just fall into all the pitfalls we fall into all the pitfalls uh fucking fucking this is like this is like charles uh, manson you know how charles manson wanted to start helter skelter because he was a which is a beatles song about elevators but he thought that it was going to be the black race rising up yeah but that black people couldn't start their own revolution so he needed to commit these murders and 
blame it on uh black panthers and have it be this whole thing so he could get because black people couldn't get their shit together for themselves they need some fucking five foot two white guy who can't take a shower to start the revolution for them you fucking egotistical dick like and and yeah this rainier thinks that women can't fix themselves so he's here to save them yeah um he also uh starves them because apparently he likes that body type that thin body type and i I think there's an element of keeping women weak in this if they're frail and weak right and then probably because most of the people who fall into Nexium are uh, women from kind of upper class backgrounds. A lot of socialites and daughters, heiresses have gotten, gotten caught up into this cult. Uh, one of the actresses on Dynasty, her daughter is currently in it. Wow. And I feel as like a woman who you're in a culture that's very much like Gwyneth Paltrow goop, the ideal is to be centered and beautiful and rail thin and i've gone to pilates classes and done pure bar i know that type where it's it is a status symbol the thinner you are the higher status you are right and so if you're an outsider and you're like oh look at all these beautiful thin women they're just so thin and calm and thin and spiritual i want to be part of that yeah um and that's really scary it is. And that's another typical trait of cults is to um, have all the members have very sporadic, strange sleeping hours. Oh. And to um, give them only the bare minimum of food that they need to survive. Because mm-hmm. when you're getting only the bare minimum of amount of sleep and food that you need and your sleep schedule's constantly been changed, you aren't really capable of thinking coherently or making proper decisions and so everything starts to become you your defenses go down Mm -hmm. and you start to become more docile and just accepting of what's happening around you because you can't even you're not in the proper state to take care of yourself that I mean it kind of makes sense uh, I used to be a strong bitch and then I ended up in this abusive relationship which happened to coincide with I quit drinking and uh, rather than go to therapy or treatment or groups I just quit drinking um, and I ended up just substituting alcohol with my eating disorder and controlling mm-hmm. my weight um, I lost I quit drinking and I lost 40 pounds and I became obsessed with staying that weight And so it's a time in my life where I was eating 800 calories a day for years. I also was working full time and going to school full time. Mm -hmm. So it would make sense that I stayed in a really, really unhealthy relationship for a long time because I didn't have strong mental faculties. Yeah. Now I ain't afraid of food. Yeah. I also don't have a boyfriend because I don't want to put up with anyone's shit. That's right. So you got to keep those faculties. strong. Yeah. So eat a healthy diet so that if some assholes like, hey, let me burn my initials into you. You have it together enough to go. No, get out of here. Yeah. And just, you know, if you start going to classes that are 17 hours long or days or, you know, you get caught up into something that seems cool, but you start to notice like, wow, the schedule's really strenuous. I'm They're not really providing me with a lot of food or nutrients. Like, red flags. Oh, That's, yeah. You're getting involved in a cult. 
Yes. To quote uh, my favorite murder, you're in a cult, call your dad. Exactly. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, boy. And if anything, if you ever, this is the importance of talking to people about things. Because if you share your life experiences with other people, you can gauge their reaction. Mm-hmm. So say you go on this weekend, you're like, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was kind of weird, but maybe it isn't because everyone else seemed really into this seminar. Tell your friends about it. Yeah. And gauge your friend's reaction. Definitely. Uh, I've had a living situation, which I've tried to make okay in my head. And then I would tell strangers about it and I would watch their facial reactions <laughs> and go, oh, so this oh. thing that I've tried desperately to normalize is not normal. Right. And if I can't trust my own instincts, at least I have surveyed others for their reaction. Yes. Um, so that's important. Share your life with people and that way you can uh, watch their jaws drop when they say, there wasn't even a veggie platter. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. that's, I mean, it's scary because it presents itself as self-help. This is good for you. For high society people who have a lot of money and are like, well, this is, I mean, it's legit. Look at all the other people with all their money in here. There's so many rich people in this room and I want to be like that. They're thin, they're wealthy. What's wrong with that? Oh, man. It's problematic. Yeah. (laughs) That is problematic. Yeah. And I'm I'm not sorry. Am I sorry? I am sorry. I'm sorry for the people who get sucked into it because yeah. um I, I we didn't we kind of buried the lead. So all the headlines about this cult mentioned this actress, Allison Mack, who was on Smallville, which yeah. was a CW series. And apparently since Smallville ended. She's joined Nexium and she's one of the higher ups and she recruits other women into it. And because they send the women out to recruit other women. I was going to say, I did read that once the slaves are fully integrated, then they themselves have other women underneath them. So it's kind of like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Except you're collecting women to abuse. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I don't like that. I don't. It's. You know, I just in general I don't like cults. <laughs> I think I think I'm coming down on the side of anti cults. I'm against cults. You know? I know I'm it's a not, controversial statement. Controversial but opinion. I'm cults not into cults. Not great. I mean, this reminds me a lot of Scientology. Yes, because Scientology starts out with self help courses and they'll get people who are addicted to drugs. I've heard many stories. Peaches Geldof was sucked into Scientology. They tried to get her because she was addicted to heroin. And they were like, we'll get you sober. Um, And he's passed away since. But um, comedic writer Harris Whittles, uh, he wrote on Community. I forget what else he wrote on. But he's a very smart, interesting, talented comedian. And he went on a date with some girl who was a Scientologist who said, hey, sign up for this thing and he went and put a thousand dollar down payment on a Scientology course um, because that's because it's like we'll get you sober and a lot of people say so Scientology has courses that teach you about communication Mm -hmm. eye contact a lot of the stuff they do is what Satanists would call the practice of lesser magic which is manipulating other human beings and um 
so if you like go, oh, well, these actually, this makes sense. Like, this is actually helpful for me. I'm learning how to communicate, how to get people to listen to me, whatever. Um, and then the crazy shit comes out. And then you're like, yeah. oh, well, I'm $5 million into this. And I just found out that apparently there's aliens in a volcano. Yes. And it's like, can I really... All my friends are in it. Can I really leave now? The more rings of the ladder you climb, the crazier shit gets. Yeah. So that's you're like what? Yeah, I uh, heard that. Um, what was that actress from The Handmaidens? Too. Oh, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, she won a Golden Globe, and she got a lot of backlash because um, you know it was the Times Up initiative. Yes. And a lot of the night was related around sexual misconduct and. Mm-hmm y'all that stuff and of course her speech you know empowering women whatnot um and people are like you're a fucking scientologist like you're in a cult you're in an organization that actually suppresses the voices of female accusers but she may not believe that because i've read leah remney's book i've watched leah remney's show and leah remney talks about how it took her a long time to believe that stuff when people would tell her things against Scientology she would say it she would dismiss it as that's total bullshit they're suppressive person right. that's not true because she was so deep in it that any sort of information to the contrary she just couldn't accept or believe so Elizabeth Moss might not believe oh, any yeah. of the things oh I'm sure she doesn't because she's not a bad person no and um, I mean that's the thing that we should keep in mind with people in cults they're they don't join cults because they're bad people and they don't stay in cults because they're terrible people it's because they believe what they're in yeah and they think that the outside people who are voicing their opinions and telling them you're in a cult they're like no you just don't get what it is that we're doing like you don't get you it. don't understand you're the one who doesn't is confused and doesn't get it I get it because I'm in it. Yes. And it's like, no, you're the one who doesn't get it. It's, I mean, if you've ever known anyone who's been in an abusive relationship, you can't just say your husband's abusive to you. You need to get out. You need to leave because their initial like lizard brain reaction is you're wrong. You're insulting my life. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not in it. And so a cult is even worse because like a bad relationship, that's just two people, but a cult, you have multiple other people who are also agreeing with you that this shit is true. This is good. Keith Renier cares about us, whatever. And so it's really hard to say, Hey, you're being manipulated and this is fucking crazy. Um, I mean, that's why they call it deprogramming. Yes. Actually it takes a full, deprogramming to get someone to come out of it and realize that what they have been fed is lies it's fucking crazy and what is happening to them is abuse and mm-hmm. control yeah uh, mind control yeah very scary it is scary stuff man <sighs> oh i hope i never get caught up i went to this uh yoga studio yeah it's like I don't know what type of I, I'm not gonna say what type of yoga it is because I don't want I don't want to throw any yoga heads under the bus. Yeah. But uh, I went to a few classes and then I was like, I I, I think this is culty. Mm-hmm. And then so I took one of my friends and they're like, Yeah, this is definitely really? <laughs> yeah. 
everyone was like wearing white and and the thing, I don't first of all you lost me at that because I can't wear white clothes um I don't like wearing white I'm clothes. gonna spill hot sauce on them yeah I mean I'm gonna get ketchup and hot sauce on it that's gonna happen also last year my new year's resolution was to become the full goth princess that I always knew I was and, and you did I did and now I refused to wear colorful clothes I think that was actually two years ago because we became goth at the same time you're right. That was two. It years might have ago. even been three. I can't wow. remember. We're getting old together. Time's flying. Did you ever think that we would grow old together? Because it's happening. In my heart, I always knew. I'm spreading nipple hair right now. <laughs> we're synced up. We're synced we're sprouting up. Nipple hair. It's just we're growing old together. Maybe we're in a cult of two. Of two. No, this is why I know we're not in a cult. Hmm. Because uh, both you and I are very much against what I call evangelical thinking mm-hmm. and thinking of things in terms of black or white or believing anything 100%. It's why yeah. I I just, number one, it's detrimental. It's anti-enlightenment to think of things as binary and you need to learn how to think in the grays. And for example, I've been vegan for 18 and a half years now and I no longer tell people that I'm vegan because I just think that I don't want to have some sort of doctrine or whatever dominate my life and it's something I have to live up to because what if I go to Thailand for a week and I eat fish on the beach is that's going to shatter my whole identity because I went to Thailand like how limiting is that yeah you know or if I if you're like oh I'm heterosexual I'm heterosexual and so you can't you know have sex with someone of the same gender without it shattering your entire self uh idea I it doesn't make any sense to me to have any sort of belief system that is so strong that doing something different would just shatter your identity. Like you should be flexible and always learning and growing. And so um, so that's how I know we're not in a cult because neither one of us are like, this is how I am forever. Yeah, I'm going to be goth forever. I mean, juggalo for life. I was going to say, we just came out as spiritual juggalos. We did just like, come Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. you're so right. Because I actually was uh, on, on my way home from work. I was thinking about Nexium and all the Oprah podcasts I had listened to mm-hmm. and spirituality. And um, I just had this revelation of like, yeah, that's why I just can't be tied down to any certain religion it's why Mm -hmm. I'm not Catholic anymore it's why I don't want to go to church ever is because I just can't be only that and committed to that and base my whole self around that one organization and you know I I love I am spiritual. I do believe in a bunch of different things, but that's the thing. Like I, I have created a hodgepodge of beliefs that work for me. That's like growing and evolving. Yeah. Because otherwise you're limiting yourself. If and I I used to be this type of person where like I always say I'm kind of playing catch up because like I didn't watch a Disney movie from age seven to age thirty-one. Because I was like, that's stupid mainstream commercial baby garbage, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, sometimes things are good. Yeah. And like just the idea of being like uh, for years, 
I only read non I took myself so seriously when I was younger. I only read nonfiction books for years. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, so I got into watching True Blood and then I read the books it was based on. And I was they're really fun, campy, pulpy books that you can just burn through. Yeah. And so then after that, I got into reading just fiction because I told you uh, on a recent episode, I used to read up until Instagram, I would read about a novel a week. Yeah. Um, oh, and I said that I was going to read uh, Beautiful Creatures yes. by Stephen and Owen King. Yeah. But it's actually called um, Sleeping Beauties. Sleeping Beauties, which is very different. Yeah. Because Beautiful Creatures is that movie with Kate Winslet and the other girl and they les out and commit murder. Emmy Rosam or whatever. No? No. No, man. Okay. Well... <laughs> Um, I get it all wrong and I it's care. uh yeah, no, well I it's that uh foreign gal who was pudgy. Melanie <laughs> Melanie Linsky and uh Kate Winslet made this movie when they were like fourteen and uh Yes it's called Heaven oh, movie. Heavenly, Heavenly Creatures. Creatures. And then Beautiful Creatures is something else. I think that's the one with Emmy Rossum. I believe and, that and uh Michelle Pfeiffer. Sure. Guys don't 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 listen to don't listen to it. But but uh, oh oh so I was gonna say so I went to in two thousand nine or ten I went to the True Blood Ball for Halloween in New oh. Orleans and I met author Charlene Harris author wow. of the True Blood books and I drunkenly thanked her she was all alone in a VIP area and my friend that I was with uh, actress Copen Dianth. She was on some sort of sitcom at some point in her life. Nice. And then she designed a shoe line. Anyways, really Love beautiful them. woman. They're high-heeled bunny slippers that since other brands have ripped off. I really want some of those. They're called Streetsies something. I saw Lena Dunham have yes. some and I was like, I need those. So Copen put away all of her sitcom money and then started this shoe line and she does burlesque and she's like this beautiful person and I was like kind of a ragtag drunk and she was so sweet to me always anyways uh -huh. so she convinced me to go up to uh, Charlene Harris and uh, I drunkenly was like I just want to thank you so much for reigniting my passion and fiction uh did she appreciate that she did I bet she, she did. was real she was very gracious she's southern uh -huh. she was gracious yeah. about it um uh but anyways I'm just like all these times that I was like oh I only read nonfiction or I don't read trashy novels you know what trashy novels are fun i was gonna say that sounds so boring to me i know i just all the time like i didn't go i never went to a theme park until i was 30 because i was like it's mainstream commercial garbage you know what sometimes everybody likes something because it's fun yeah. sometimes they like it because it's terrible and bland and boring but sometimes they like it because it's fun and so I think back of all the times that I like was closed off to things. Oh, I don't like raves. I'm a punk rocker. You know yeah. what? I'm in my 30s. Raves are fun. Raves are fun. So, yeah, I I don't think that we're at risk for joining a cult. I don't think so either. Gross. I think I'm too I'm too secure in myself. Too. Yes. Like the thing with cults is people who join them are usually searching for something mm -hmm. that they have not yet found in their life. Um, they're trying to fill a void or trying to run from who they are because yeah. they're not ready to accept that yet. They don't want to learn who they are and accept that. They want to become someone else. Yes. And it's unfortunate because 
you know, they go to these things expecting to find that Mm -hmm. and to become a better person. And the sad thing about cults is like people don't join them to become abused and like become sucked into this. Yeah, no one says I want I want this to ruin my life. Yeah. And uh, there's a bunch of assholes like Keith Rainier that are like, oh, I'm going to ruin your life. I'm going to prey on you. And God, I know uh that's an example of just the male ego and toxic masculinity and just boy yeah i would like to know like what what happened to him in his life that's interesting there's usually more to you know the story with the the leaders murderers all Mm -hmm. criminals you know it it didn't just happen one day yeah no it grew and built over years yeah so i i would be interested to know like what his upbringing was and i don't care yeah that too he probably had like a normal basic upbringing and was nerdy and awkward and couldn't get girls but he noticed the shy girl who maybe totally possible there was just the shy girl in biology who always wore long sleeves even in summer because she cut herself and he was able to get her to pay attention to him because she was weak and then he realized oh women are weak and i can build them up and also get my dick wet I hate him. Yeah. It's like, dude, or you could just be like a cool, nice person and then chicks will want to fuck you and you don't have to do a whole fucking cult and brand your initials into people. Yeah. Options. Options. Choices. All of them. Make good choices. Can I tell you, um, I did like the True Blood books, mm-hmm. but I found it really hard to read the Southern accent. Yes. You know how it's written with mm-hmm. the Southern accent? Mm-hmm. And I... It was hard for me. Um, oh, I just want you to know that. I want to say the author is Walter Mosley, and he wrote noir detective no- novels, and someone recommended them to me, and the stories are good. But the author writes phonetically for each character's dialect, and it's really hard to read. Yeah. And I felt like just write the words how they're actually spelled and in a character description, say yes. so and so had a strong accent of this nature, and then I can project that onto the words if I want to. But yes. also, I can read what the fucking words are, and I don't have to pause and try to make sense of them. Because we read words. Interesting fact about the, how the human brain processes language: it takes longer to read things if they're written in all caps because we don't read words as each individual letter. When you read, you're yeah. reading the shape of the word. So if you're spelling it phonetically, you're changing the shape of the word, which means we can't read it based on the shape and we have to stop and sound it out as if we're just now learning to read or we're reading a foreign language. And it inhibits like it slows the reading process. That's right. It's like if you have a few sentences and you just mix up a few of the letters within some of the words we don't notice you you'll yeah try it out it's really fun you're like oh i still read hey there's a soda even though the r and the e is mixed up um it's kind of like how we talked about um non-schizophrenic brains try to make sense of things um because it's uh top-down reasoning and so rather than see the flaws in it you try to make it make sense in your brain and so your brain corrects it's there's the optical illusion of saying and twice and most people don't notice that it says and and the soda because your brain just 
says it's only going to say and once. Yeah. Um. So, you know, if you're a sane person out there, you're not reading letters. You're reading shapes. Whoa, blew your mind. Pew, 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 pew. Wow. <laughs> wow, guys. We, uh, did we even talk about Nixium? A little. We... We have another person on our enemies list. Yeah, I mean, add this fucking guy. R. Kelly just makes you get a haircut and wear a sweatsuit. This guy fucking <laughs> doesn't feed you and puts his initials on oh, you. Your hair grows back. Shit. And I will say, I at first I was skeptical. I was like, maybe this is bullshit. Like maybe people are um, exaggerating. Exaggerating. But then I saw that like. The New York Times covered this. Yes. Rolling Stones covered this. Like you said, fucking chick from Smallville's in it. She's all up in it. So this is happening. This is happening in the world actively right now. Mm -hmm. There's a rich people cult where women are being abused. Yep. So think about that. Read the articles if you want. Um, it's, it's interesting and disturbing. It is very disturbing. And also be wary of anyone who's super into any sort of, uh, multi-tiered marketing system or Amway. There's this pastor, uh, that Pete Holmes has on his podcast all the time. I think it's Rob Bell and he's a very successful pastor and I've listened to interviews with him and he's interesting and insightful, but he started out as an Amway salesman and was super into Amway and became financially successful in that before he moved into being a preacher. And I feel like it's a very similar psychology that, uh, attracts people who there's an entitlement and an ego that makes you think I'm going to get rich and be rich. And I know how this works. And now I know how spiritual health and growth and development works. And I'm going to tell other people how it works. There's a sort of type of person that it really appeals to these financial and also spiritual leaders. And I don't fucking trust them. No, I don't trust them either. I mean, I I think I told you, I might have said this on podcast. Um, My sister-in-law tried to get me to be a beach body coach. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't want it. I can't join this. No. This is like a health cult. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's great. It's helping people. I lost 30 pounds doing um, T25 every day, but I'm not going to try to sell people because when you really stop and look at what it is, it's just a a marketing thing. It's a marketing thing. It's a triangle. If it if you start to look at the money trickle down mm-hmm. and it makes this this triangle it shape. It makes a triangle shape. If you draw out the structure of the business and it's triangle shaped. It may be like it it's a wide line and then two lines coming together at a point and you flip it around and then you're like, wow, that kind of reminds me of a pyramid. If it's in- um yeah, you might be in a pyramid scheme. You might be. You might be in the beginnings of joining a cult. You might be wasting your time trying to sell shit to people and you're not yeah. ever really going to actually make money. You're never going to make enough money for um, it. If you aren't, if it's not even making you enough money to co- like cover your cost of being involved in exactly. it, then you're you're just a rung on someone else's ladder. That's, that's, you know what? Be your own rung. Be, be your, your own, own ladder. Yes. Hot Reach damn queen. Be you know, your own ladder. Guys. Uh, oh, fucking Christ, Jem. Jem also thinks that you should be your own ladder. Gem, because she is outraged. Jem, should we be a ladder? 
If there's one thing Yorkies are known for hating, it's pyramids. They hate oh. them. I tried to get her to sell some lotion for me, and she's like, "That's it's a pyramid scheme." You know? Yeah, she was fucking Belinda, dude. She growing up. Yeah. So she she was a Sally Mae person. Ooh. She was a, a this or that lady selling Avon. You know um, she. Yeah. And the thing is, she'd buy all the products and be like, "Man, I don't really want to sell it." So she just have like boxes oh, of, of stuff nads waxing cream or makeup or face wash it's like what are you doing what are you doing like you don't even want to even try to be part of it there used to be a regular at one of my jobs and she sold arbon which was a vegan makeup cosmetic body and supplement company and they had some cool shit they had these tabs that were full of caffeine and you drop them in a drink like an alka-seltzer and they Mm -hmm. fizzed and that was fun but she would talk to you about it as if you understood the lingo because she was so immersed in the Mm -hmm. world all she could talk about was Arbon, and she would say, well, you know, I made my second tier silver, so I get to go to this thing, and if you do this, then I can do that. And I'm like, I don't know what these things mean. Yeah. Because not everyone is involved in Arbon, in your oh, Arbon cult. That's like that other, um, fuck, what is that drink that everyone was selling? Noni juice. No, it wasn't Noni juice. It was um, like a workout drink system. Nutra Life. Okay, yes, yes. Herbalife. 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 I've seen that on cars. My brother uh, dated this chick in high school. Her brother became top Herbalife seller, bought his parents a brand new fucking house. Like, he actually did it. He was that success story. He was that one person out of a million who was successful, and they would use him as a selling point. Exactly. And then I just recently, like, Herbalife, shit cracked open and everyone's like it's a scam and and, uh, and you were like yeah where were you yeah i was like oh shit we we know yeah guys uh i kind of got the memo la- last year <laughs> when i saw people with a homemade stickers on the back of their car saying ask me about herbalife and their <laughs> fucking home landline phone number i figured it was bullshit oh and that chick walked up to me in the fries parking lot and was like Hey, girl, you want to get your life? Like, do you just ever, you, are you tired? Do you want to get your workout on? Like, you, I, Herbalife? You know that happened? Yes, it did. Uh, she was, like, really peppy and really into trying to get me to better myself with Herbalife. And I was like, do you see my belly? Do you see me with this bag full of ramen? Like, this is not the right time for me to get into Herbalife, actually. Because I'm the quite right. happy with my ramen and my soft belly. My soft belly, my hard ramen. My soft belly, my hard ramen. My soft belly, my hard ramen. Fuck uh, your Herbalife. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's good. Fuck your Herbalife. <laughs> so. So well, just say no. Yeah. It's, I guess this just kind of turned into a rant against cults. and We don't like cults. We don't like pyramid schemes. We don't like prosperity gospels. We love fiction. We love fiction. We like reading. We like doing all sorts of different things. That's right. Um, Don't be afraid to feel pain. Don't be afraid to feel pain. Don't be afraid to just admit that no matter what faults you have, you are a good person. And you're never in too deep to anything to back out if it's not for you. Yeah. You can always change your mind. 
and you can always change your course. Yeah, the your life is yours to live and you need to accept the power that you have over it. So say you've been an accountant for 20 years and you realize that you don't want to be an accountant anymore and you think I'm too old to start over or I'm in too deep. Are no, you? No. I'm not saying you have to change your life, but I'm saying you can consider the possibility of changing it. If you want to, yeah. you can do it. If your husband is being really shitty to you, it doesn't matter how long you've been with him. If he's not going to stop being shitty to you, you can leave and you don't need to worry. It's not defeat. I feel like a lot of people get scared to change their life because they're like, but if I if I quit my job or I end my marriage, what will everyone else say? They'll it'll show that I made a mistake and it's not a mistake. If you were married and 15 years of it, you were super happy, but you've been unhappy for two or three, it's okay to end. It doesn't mean that 15 years was a mistake. Right. And if you say took a year of Scientology courses and you think they helped you, but now you're like, this is fucking crazy. It's okay to say, hey, that first year was okay, and now I got to go. Peace out. Yeah, exactly. It's not defeat. I feel like people think it's defeat if you change your mind. Yeah, well, you know, we have these um, concepts in society of what is, you know, the perfect life, Mm -hmm. what is success, and um, a lot of times that isn't success for a lot of people. And so, you know, having... The husband, well, if your husband's an alcoholic and is never going to change and is shitty to you, mm-hmm. you don't need to keep that husband because um, being alone and being happy is a success. And I know that a lot of times also it's the fear of the unknown. Yes. But don't forget that it's always scarier in your head mm-hmm. than it is in real life. No matter yes. what you are going through what you imagine is going to happen, I guarantee you, is scarier yeah. than what will actually happen. Um, There was a radio lab that they aired twice. No, it was a hidden brain they aired twice in the past year. And I'll tweet it out. Um, This woman was talking about how she thought that she should settle down and have a baby. And she got married and she settled down and she had a baby and she moved to the South. And... Through Facebook, she would always post beautiful pictures of the view from their porch. And she's like, I only posted pictures of like the pretty view because if you looked in the opposite direction, there were smokestacks from a factory. But I didn't want to show anybody that because everyone else's lives looked so great. And as my marriage started to crumble and I realized I didn't really want to be with this guy, he wasn't really the guy for me and I wanted to leave or whatever, I was super scared about what people would think because everyone else's lives were perfect. And so she finally decided to pull off the Band-Aid and she realized, well, if I'm divorcing and I need to get new work in a new city, I have to talk about it on social media to reach out to people for work. Mm -hmm. And so she finally said, hey, so-and-so and I are separating and I'm moving to a new city. Does anyone have any recommendations for places to live and jobs? And just posting that out of the woodwork, all these people, her friends started emailing her saying, oh, yeah, we, you know, my husband and I have been separated for three years, but they were keeping up that facade because they were so afraid of what people on social media would think if they got divorced that they were faking a marriage Wow, for the internet because they couldn't bring themselves to say, 
We tried and it's not working out. Wow. And that's insane. The internet is ruining us. Because people need to just, it's okay to go, I moved to New York. I got rid of everything I owned. I moved to New York. I worked in fashion. I was never less happy than that time. And I worried about coming back home and I left my boyfriend. I left my career, whatever. And will people think that I'm a failure because I came back? Mm -hmm. And I realized I did it. I did the thing. I'm not happy. It's not defeat. And it doesn't really matter if other people perceive it as that because it's not defeat. Right. To change your course in life is not admitting that your prior course was wrong. Exactly. What are you going to do? You're going to go, oh, no, I'm driving the right direction, even though you see a cliff coming up and and you're just going to drive into the cliff because you're so hard headed. You can't turn around. Come on. Get out of that cult. It takes strength and wisdom to know that you need to change your course. Yep. Change it up. So sometimes, you know, you think I'm going to try wearing stiletto nails because everyone gets stiletto nails and then you get them and you can't use your cell phone. It's okay to go, hey, these are nails are not for me. These dreadlocks are not for me because I'm a white lady. <laughs> it's I yes, I paid hundreds of dollars to oh get these God. fucking dreadlocks. <laughs> but my head hurts and I look like a fucking idiot. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna leave. And you know what people did say? Didn't you spend five hundred dollars getting your hair done well, and you took it apart? Fuck. And I was like, it hurts. <laughs> I don't have to leave that shit in just because it cost me money. Yeah. I'll tell you, I will never get stiletto nails again. I'm so over fake nails because I would much rather type like a competent person that I am yep. with at the fast, fast speed that I can and get my job done. My job requires a lot, a lot of typing. Yeah. Very fast. Yeah. You and can't I, have claws. Let me tell you, I was, su- I was, I had a week of suffering before I got them shits taken off. I'm never going back. There's a reason why Wolverine doesn't work at the DMV. He can't yeah. type on that to computer. He has to go be a superhero because what else can he do? I mean, I feel like my mom was trying to drag me into a cult, um, a beauty cult, because she's like, you need to get your nails done. You need to you need to have oh. an Ipsy subscription. Oh, my God. You need to go get your hair colored. And I was for like a while. I was like, yeah, I do need to, I need to do all these mm-hmm. things. And then one day I was like, oh, you know what actually i like the hippie bitch that i am Mm -hmm. i'm going back to being a goth hippie bitch that you know hardly wears makeup once in a while and you know i'm not gonna paint my nails anymore if i don't want to not getting them done anymore yeah fuck that that is such a waste of money it feels good it's like nice to pamper yourself once in a while but every two weeks well that's how i felt with waxing especially because like no one sees me naked like ever. Yeah. I wish they did. If you're out there and you look like Paul Reiser, holler at me. We can set a schedule and I can show you my naked body. However, that's not my fucking life. So like getting all this waxing, I have spent thousands, thousands of dollars on waxing and hair removal for fucking what? It feels good kind of because you yeah. feel like beautiful and sexy, but like I also could try to feel beautiful and sexy without having to pay a stranger to look at my asshole. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I love getting everything from the <laughs> eyebrows down waxed. I do. It is a waste of money. I'm not in that tax bracket. What the fuck am I doing? That's a cult. Because you just it's you just feel like, okay, well then once you get the nails done, then you're like, well, I gotta get my eyebrows done to go with this. I gotta do you keep you find the minute I got the bandage off from my nose job, I wanted my lips done. It just oh, spirals. Shit. 
So like break these culty chains and learn to walk away. Don't you join that cult? All right. All right. We, we got to fucking go. We got it. Yeah. Happy hump day. You guys, we care about you. We love you and we get real worked up thinking about your well-being. We do. So love yourself. Love your whole. Love your soul. Love your whole. Bye. Bye. Bye.